I'd love to welcome you to our Sunday morning service. The song that Paul just led us in about the greatest commands does go very well. In fact, we will look at that as part of the solution to this problem of division and divisiveness that exists. And when you look at the divisiveness that takes place in our country, well, I think these pictures, as the kids call them, memes, really shows what's going on right now. You may not have seen all of them, but they're out there, especially for those that take the time, or I don't know how you, I don't know how to package the phrase, but when you get on social media and you see this, you have individuals, and this is part of the article that I've written in the bulletin, that because they're so passionate about their beliefs, about their candidate, their candidate, that they'll share these pictures, these memes, if you will, as if anyone else that has something different in their position on politics, they're worthless. They're, sorry to use this in front of your children, they're idiots. And it's statements like that, and we wonder why that divisiveness grows in our country. And Here's one of them that said, if you are, plan on voting for Donald Trump, please unfriend me. I've seen this shared, not this particular exact one, but I've seen similar statements like this shared by brethren. If not in a meme, in a, in a statement. Unfriend me if you, and you could replace it with Hillary Clinton. You want to vote for Hillary, and I'm the idiot? And it's meant to be funny, and it's meant to take a jab and everything. But when we're in a setting like this, and we're trying to think on a higher plane, not so funny. Very hurtful. If you don't vote, you don't count. And we, we make statements like, you know, well, we have these freedoms, and we're supposed to be exercised, and we give biblical principles, and those biblical principles somehow turn into hardcore laws that are imposed upon each other that you cannot be in this political party you have to be in this one, or vice versa. You have to vote. You cannot vote. And you get confused. I mean, there are brethren that have said, if you, if you vote for any of these people, you're voting for sin. As if all the previous people that may have been great leaders weren't sinners. Didn't have things that you weren't against. But it's all of this that just seems to come more and more on, on our social sites that seems to breed divisiveness. And unfortunately, just spills over into brethren and the debates that I've seen among brethren. Um, it's ungodly. Some of it is. Others at best is questionable in, in character when making statements like this. But it happens. And so this is a reminder, hopefully, through this lesson. And we're not limiting it to politics. We're not even, not even going to limit it to civil issues. But this is really hot right now in our country. You have in our country black lives matter, blue lives matter, all lives matter, 
and I'm not sure anything else. And that begins, the matter begins to be, you know, the popular trend anymore. But you have divisiveness on these civil issues. And, and what every group is saying is this. I hear what you're saying, but understand me. That's what every group seems to be saying. And the group is saying, well, you say you're hearing me, but you really aren't understanding my position on these issues. And, and all you have to do is just take a few seconds and you'll see tons of videos on any of these three groups and why each one is so very important. And I would say all of these are important. All of them. And I've gone through articles written by people from various points of views on every one of these. And they're all important. But somehow, if we adhere to any one of these, we dismiss the others. That's the mindset. That we dismiss that certain point of view that the person is strongly holding to any one. That's what breeds all this division that you're seeing in our country right now. And get this, it affects the body of Christ. And so when we're talking about all this divisiveness, we have to realize where the root is. And this is very crucial, very important for us because we are professed believers of Jesus Christ and we ought to behave as such then. And when we look at this, this is told, we're told in Galatians 5 verse 20 that this is a work of the flesh. Look at this. Enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, all of these things are from those two previous slides that we've seen. That's what they promote when we take this flesh and we try to hunker ourselves down into different corners, but hoping that everyone will understand the other side so that we have unity. We're, we're kind of trying to gain unity through the back door. And unfortunately, we end up being more divided than ever. That's what I'm seeing going on. And so, as far as I'm concerned, hey, if the world behaves this way, that's understandable, right? Because the world lives worldly lives. They're going to have a worldly standard. And when it's nice to be nice and when it's nice to be loving to someone under their terms, that's fine. But when you cross me, if I'm filled with the flesh then I have the right, I justify my actions. And those actions can be unlawful actions. But I'm justified. That's the way of the world, the way of the flesh. My question, brethren, since I'm not talking to the world, I'm talking to, to everyone here and, and just about everyone here, not everyone, but just about everyone I would assume are believers in Jesus. And so my question is, how are we to behave? Well, that's a rhetorical question because we all already know how we're supposed to behave. But sometimes we need this. Because it's not limited, again, to civil. It's not limited to politics. It's across the board, any subject matter you want to talk about. Whenever there is disagreement, whenever there are contentions, how do you handle the situation? Well, because we are believers in Christ... We are told that we've been set apart from this world, right? That's what the church is, right? The set apart. And because we're the set apart, we've been called to a life where we leave darkness and the ways of the flesh and we come to light in the ways of truth. So we're told in 1 Peter chapter 2, and go ahead and open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2 because we're going to read 
from verses 9 through 11. I'm going to read these, these texts, and then we're going to get to the heart, if you will, of the issue, which is very simple, but some passages that we need to be reminded of. Peter says to brethren of like precious faith in verse 9, you, in contrast to the people of the world, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. That's who we are. We're holy people. And what Peter is saying for some of us that may misunderstand the word holy, holy in and of itself is not a religious word, but it's used in a religious connotation. It, you're talking about this concept of, of taken from the world and brought out of this world. That's what made you holy. The Lord made you holy. He set you apart. Now that he has set you apart, live as if you've been set apart. And therein lies the more spiritual or religious connotation that the word holiness has on the, the back end of that word. And that's what we're called to do is live as if we don't look like the world. We don't behave like the world. And so the world is, well, here's my stand about these politics. And if you don't like it, you don't have to be my friend. But in Christ, we're like, you're... You are my enemy as, as to far as what your beliefs and the way you're living your life, but I love you. That's why we're told to love our enemies, because they exist. And so when we're looking at this contrast, we're trying to see how is it that we're supposed to behave. And again, we already know how we're supposed to behave, but then when, it, when the rubber meets the road, how is it that we are behaving or not behaving? This in lies shows your fruit. Is your fruit reflective of God's spirit or the spirit of this world? So what I'm wanting to do is to see over the next um, few minutes this contrast of this conduct. So we're told in verses 11 and 12, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts. Abstain from this worldly way of living, which war against the soul, having instead your conduct be honorable among the Gentiles. How is it when we're going to share the gospel with people of the world, that the people of the world look at you and you're no different when it comes to handling disagreements, handling differences? How do you behave before people of this world? That's what I'm wanting you to think of over the next few minutes. This lesson is not rocket science. It's very simple. But brethren, it challenges you right down to the bottom of your heart. Where's your heart at? So, here are four verses we're looking at. James 1.19. As Mark Joseph read for us this morning, Ephesians 4.29-32. 1 Corinthians 8 verse 1 and 1 Corinthians 13 verse 7, which is what was led for us by the song that Paul led us in the greatest command. One of the verses at least. 
And of course, this whole concept of building one another up in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 is, is part of this theme, if you will. But that's what we're going to be looking at. I want you to consider these points. Not rocket science, as I've said. When people are coming at you and have a, a proposed view about whatever it is, whether it's the politics, whether it's civil issues, whether it's a doctrinal issue, whether it's a moral issue, and you take issue with them, we already know we're supposed to be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to anger. But do we practice it? Do we genuinely stop and go, okay, I'm not going to blow up. I'm going to really try and listen. Not listen from a standpoint, okay, I'm waiting patiently until you're done speaking, and then I'm going to let you have the good truth. But I'm genuinely going to try to understand where you're coming from. Because isn't that where... I love using Jimmy when it comes to communication. Breakdown in communication. We're not really listening. But I found very, very telling when, when we look at the civil issues of today and we're, we're, we're dealing with racial tensions in our country. We talk about how from one segment of our population, how far we've come along with regard to racial tensions in our country. You can talk to another segment within our population in this country and saying it hasn't come along as far as, as many would like to think. Well, it just depends on who you're asking. And it also depends upon even personal experiences within their own sphere of life. And so it is different for each person. But we'll make blanket statements about these issues. Or political issues. And we talk about a candidate being so ungodly. And, hey, listen, I've got my own views about the main candidates on the stage right now. I'm not thrilled when it comes to moral character and history. But you know what we have to think about is... I'm going to make the choice that I'm going to make in service to the Lord. Just as you are going to make your choice in service to the Lord, and some of you are going to make a different choice than me, and in my mind I might think, what in the world are you thinking? And you're going to say the same thing of me. Whether to vote or not to vote. Who to vote for? Democrat, Republican, third party. And each person will have a very strong conviction about why the money. And instead of listening to them, we might say, well, I just, how can you even think that way? How could you be fill in the blank as far as a political affiliation? How could you accept this person regardless when you're talking about relationships in everyday conversation of life? Try and Listen. Get to know their story. We've had that sermon before, right? Everyone has a story. It's part of the deal here. Get to know that individual that you're talking about. Get to know why you would um, believe something about someone, regardless of where your, stands, your stand is, to understand where they're coming from. That's what we're talking about here. And that's what James is talking about when it comes to our relationships with each other. But instead... We want to react very quickly and hastily. 
And unfortunately, as a result, we sometimes sin. We may not even recognize it. We may feel so justified. Or how about the passage that was given? I've broken it down, verses 29, 30, 31, and 32, and I broke down as 1, 2, 3, and 4. Simply, let no corrupt word proceed from your mouth. What's interesting is I wrote this article in the bulletin, and then I went ahead and I decided to post it on Facebook. And there was one particular person. I don't want to name it because she might be listening to the sermon, and I don't want her to be called out this way. But she responded to me about the article that was written. And what she said was very nice to hear but not completely accurate. She was basically saying how I'm always speaking words that edify. She never heard me destroy anyone with my words. Well, I can remember where I have destroyed, whether it's my wife, my children, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, friends of the past, friends currently, that I may have said words that, that hurt you, so I know that while she, what she meant was very nice and intended to be nice, it's not true. Because I've been guilty of sinning this way. But if you're wanting to edify, to build up the body of Christ, think about your words. And sometimes your words don't even have to come out. Sometimes they're just through our body language. And we get the picture. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all that malice that you have. Be kind to each other. Be tender-hearted toward one another. Be forgiving of one another. Because that's what Christ did. Just as he forgave you of your sin against him, there are going to be those that in your mind sin against you. Be forgiving in your spirit toward them. If you want the body to be healthy, if you want the body to grow, be built up, you practice this. Again, it's not limited to any one particular issue. I use those two first slides as a springboard to all the kinds of issues of life that take place. There's a whole wide spectrum of them. But you need to practice this. We're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, when it comes to these things, no matter what the subject matter is, we all have knowledge, right? We're told in 1 Corinthians 8, we all have knowledge. Knowledge what? Puffs up. Now, while the apostle was speaking of idolatry and idols, the principle is every subject matter. So when it comes to I'll use the politics and civil issues. When it comes to politics, I have all my knowledge, right? And I go to you and you have a disagreement with me. You have a different political affiliation. And I'm going to give you all the knowledge that I have. As if my knowledge is going to be better than yours. And well, there may be times when it comes to facts, it's going to be better. But then even that gets turned around and twisted and modified in such a manner as to, to completely distort the conversation from the other person's point of view. And they do the same thing. It's interesting how we can throw out numbers and how we can throw out all kinds of quote-unquote factual information to get the point that we want across. 
Amazing. Have you ever talked to someone who is so convicted about being a Democrat today? I bet as we continue to grow um, together in our relationships, you will see, and this is my personal observation, you will see a generational difference as to what Christians should be. Years ago, the Christians, by and large, were what? Democrats. Years ago. Modern history, you're hearing, you cannot be a Christian if you're a Democrat. You have to be a Republican. You're actually seeing a shift back to, dem- to the Democratic Party with our millennials. I do, do your research. Remember, we can do whatever we want with our facts, right? <laughs> but you're actually seeing, and you look at why these generations hold to certain values that we see in Scripture and proposed by whatever party. And sometimes it is with a blind eye to all the yuck that is associated with a party. But you take your facts, your information, and with it, you want everyone else to be just like you. Instead, what we're doing, we're just hunkering down in our corners and fighting against each other. And we say, well, a person cannot vote for Hillary Clinton because she is the first candidate in history, right, who is under investigation for illegal activity while running for an office of presidency. So so you can't vote for her. And the next person says, well, can you vote for Donald Trump? I mean, just look at the things that he says. And if you vote for him, then you're just like him. And then we further hunker down into our corners. This is the reality of what takes place that further divides the people of the world, let alone now the body of Christ. Most unfortunate. We all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up. But love edifies. Love does not negate truth. Love does not look a blind eye to error and darkness. But what does love do? We're told in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's what the, the base version of the song, Greatest Commands, that we're singing. That's what love does. In other words, when you say something that I, I disagree with, I'm going to try my very best to understand things from your vantage point, your, from the shoes that you are living in. And somehow, then, it's easier for me to talk with you about my disagreement in a manner that can still disagree, but with much more tenderness and love for you. Especially when I'm talking to someone who says, I love the Lord, I'm trying to serve Him. It becomes a whole, whole lot easier to know you're trying to serve the Lord and you're coming to a decision that, hey, I, I disagree with. But we're not talking about some law within the doctrine of Christ. We're talking about principles that we're trying to apply on either end of the spectrum. That happens. I mean, again, just the, the thought that comes to my mind when I was going through some biblical examples was like when Paul and Barnabas, want, they're wanting to go on this second missionary journey. And Paul says, not John Mark, the guy left us, 
up to dry. He deserted us. I don't want someone like him on our next trip. And Barnabas is like, hey, no way. He's a good man. He's grown since then. And I think he will do us well on this next trip. Same individual. They're looking at the same person. Two different outlooks. And God used it, I believe, to his glory. Through their, their divisive ways, they ended up parting but not hating each other. Even with sharp dissension, they did not hate each other. And we see, in fact, the Apostle Paul speaking well of John Mark years, years later. This is something that needs to be practiced in that case. I want you to listen to this. This video emulates what the world can do when they put their differences and temporarily try to listen to each other. This is from Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, and Police Officers, all three groups that I had used in the beginning. I don't know if any of you saw this. This is on CNN recently. Listen to this. I can't just sit back and, and feel this way without trying to change it. You got the Black Lives Matter and stuff. We all matter. It's time for us to stop this today. No more walls today. We're going to show the rest of the country how we came together. Everybody get it in here, man. Everybody get it in. Everybody get it in. Everybody, everybody get it in. Everybody get it in. I thank you so much, as I am so humble, that you allowed us to come along show. And that today, I pray again, thank you so much. I pray that everybody makes it. Amen. Amen. If people from communities can just take the time to look each other in the eye and try to understand one another, how much more for brothers and sisters in Christ? See, these are U.S. citizens saying, you're my brother, you're my sister, right? We are citizens in the same country. We are family members of this household called the United States of America. We have these disagreements. Let's understand. That's how, as one person said in that video, that's how we kick the walls down. The same thing in the body of Christ. That's how you do it, brethren. We have Bible passages that tells us that the wall of separation between Jew and Gentile was taken down at the cross. Ephesians 2, verse 14. You can read from, from verse 13, 14, and 15. How you're without hope, but now in Christ, not only you have hope, you have fellowship with one another. And we have within the body of Christ, when we share the gospel, people coming from this world that have all kinds of different backgrounds that will further challenge your personal views that you have. 
Keep your convictions, brethren. But with the convictions that you have, realize that that person that you have disagreement with also has convictions. And Christ died for that person just as he has for you. You think about that. And if you can apply those passages that we looked at, Ephesians 4, 29-32, 1 Corinthians 8, verse 1, 1 Thessalonians 5 that I mentioned, verse 11, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7, and a host of other passages that we could have looked at. Then that result that you saw in the community takes place within the body when there are differences and disagreements and fights that take place from time to time. You think about it. Watch what you post online. Use the platform that you have, whether it's your mouth, whether it's a keyboard, all for the building up of the body of Christ, all for the reaching of souls, brethren, that we say that we love. But the proof is in our actions. If we genuinely love these precious souls. I want you to think about that. The invitation song is who will follow Jesus. I want you to stop and think about that phrase. Because by following Jesus, we follow his teachings about how we behave with one another. It's not like, well, my way is the only way as if it's the best way. I mean, we all think that way, I'm sure, of ourselves. But realize that that person is thinking the same thing because they love the Lord and trying to give their life in service to him. But if you follow Jesus, you'll do all those passages that we just talked about. That will become your lifestyle. You will be, as James chapter 4 says, slow to anger. You'll be quick to hear. You'll be slow to speaking your, your peace, so to speak. Because you'll wait. You'll try to be as much as you can believing that that person is saying everything that they believe in and convinced about. And try to understand it from that perspective. Walking a mile in their shoes, so to speak. Think about that. When following Christ. Think about your influence on the body of Christ. Think about your influence on those that you're trying to reach to bring to Christ. And if you're here and you're not in Christ... This is what a Christian is supposed to look like. But I want you to know, we all fail looking like it from time to time. Even as I preach the gospel in the pulpit, on a regular basis, I fail from time to time. You will see, not hypocrisy, you will see a human being who loves the Lord, wants to serve the Lord, but not always perfect in doing so. But the Lord has called you because he will perfect you through his blood. He will perfect you as we were talking about this morning in our Bible class on discouragement by his grace. Or as we just read in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 10, by his mercy. And if that's the relationship that you're wanting, by all means, we want you to come and die to yourself so that you can follow Jesus. If you want that, we invite you to come forward. If you need to come forward so we can pray for you, you want to repent of any way of living that is in darkness, by all means, we'll pray for you as well. But why not take advantage of this invitation as we stand and sing?